0: We like to play till the sun go down. Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down. Then we take that town, and we take that down. Mm-hmm. My no yeah, we like to play
1: till the sun go down. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football podcast presented by FanTracks. You can head on over to fantracks.com and enter promo code ESF for a free premium league upgrade. We've got a full show tonight. We've got a four-man podcast, plus upcoming on uh, later in the show. We have Mike, the fantasy hitman, right from the Fantasy Footballers, and we also continue our divisional previews with the AFC West. So I want to go ahead and introduce with me, as always, by my side, Armando Crespo. How you doing tonight, Armando? Armando vacilar, Armando en la calle
2: What's up, guys? I just finished Orange is the New Black, Season 4, and that shit was hot. Yeah, it was. That was a good one.
1: Alright, cool. Well, uh, we'll maybe touch on that in a little bit. Probably not, because <laughs> it's a okay show. Okay, also with us tonight is Dale DeMott. How you doing tonight, Dale? Fuck you,
3: Dale! Fuck you! I'm doing great. And yes, Orange is the New Black is pretty good, but uh, I want our listeners to know that you don't like Seinfeld.
1: Okay. And I, I will justify that in just a second. Once we go ahead and introduce intern Rich, how you doing tonight, Richard? Are you talking? Shut up, Richard. I'm doing all right, but it upsets me more that
0: you don't like Seinfeld rather than calling me a, an intern. Like I'll take the okay. intern. If you don't like Seinfeld,
1: come on, man. Okay. I, so I
2: I I think Brio's more of a Martin guy. Just saying, I, I am too.
1: So I'm going Martin. to defend uh, that show was not terrible. I just want to say no, that. Martin was great. Yeah, Marvel's fun. Um, I am going to defend not liking Seinfeld. Here's a summary of every single episode of Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is just Seinfeld to the extreme on HBO. Um, okay, here's an awkward situation. Oh my god, it got more awkward. Okay, the end. That's life, man. The, uh, yeah, it's like
3: if, it's real life. That's funny.
1: It's cringeworthy, and as the seasons progress in Seinfeld, I've seen quite a bit of Seinfeld. It gets more like over the top, ridiculous more just cringe-worthy TV. I don't like that kind of comedy.
2: It's white people drama. Let's move on. Exactly. Yeah, it might be more of a show geared towards
3: white Americans.
1: It it is, and I don't mind that type of show, but if you're going to give me a comedy, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd rather have comedy that's a little bit more actually funny.
0: King of Queens, <laughs> boom. No, give me, <laughs> give me give me
1: give me The Office, give me How I Met Your Mother, give me Scrubs, all those shows over Seinfeld. All right,
2: AFC West, let's go. Jeez.
1: No, we got a few other things to talk about before we get into our divisional previews. By the way, Um, I'm rich
0: underscore fantasy.
1: Dale, what's your Twitter?
2: Dale underscore fantasy. And I'm Thunder Crespo on all formats, including Instagram.
1: And I'm Christian Brito. I don't think I ever said my name at any point.
3: My name is Jeff.
1: Um, So... When Richard comes on and tries to do an impersonation one day, nobody's going to even notice because nobody <laughs> knows my name. So I'm at C Fantasy, but we prefer if you could follow us on Twitter at our group handle for now. At EatSleepFF is the best way that you can reach out to us and send us questions. You can also, one, if you're interested in the Listener League, we are taking submissions for Listener Leagues right now. Head on over to EatSleepFantasy.com. On the submit a question button, you can one, submit a question, or two, tell us why you're interested in being part of a listener league. So, all right, fucking Dale's back, so we can actually maybe be- Put on a good show, finally. Put put on a good show, or be crappy again, we'll see. That Um, last
2: episode was fucking good.
1: I think it was fire, we are cursing a lot, guys, calm down. (laughs) Um, Let's go ahead and just move on and get into our division previews. Divisional Previews. All
0: right, so we're going to be talking about the AFC West here today. We'll start off with the team that actually won the division, which was the Denver Broncos.
3: Oh, yeah, not only won the division, won the motherfucking Super Bowl. Uh, let's talk about the quarterbacks first. Um, it is a quarterback situation uh, in Denver. Mark Sanchez, of course, was acquired in a trade from Philadelphia Eagles. And then the Broncos decided to trade up in the first round uh, to get Paxton Lynch from Memphis at the 26th pick. Although there is another quarterback mentioned on the team, uh, Trevor Simeon, um, who Adam Schefter thinks has a real chance to win the starting job. Um, sir, there are, three, uh, there are three quarterbacks in the loop here. Um, I'm looking at Paxton Lynch. I don't think any of them are worth drafting uh, this year in a draft. Unless you really need somebody in a two-quarterback league, um, I highly suggest you just stay away from the, the Denver quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. I, I always like that old adage, if you've got more than one quarterback, you don't have a quarterback.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think Mark Sanchez is serviceable. I think he can manage the game, um, and that's exactly what the Broncos need. Their defense is going to uh, lead the team here this year. Um, so I think Mark Sanchez, he's proven that he can lead a defensive-minded team. Uh, you saw him a few years ago with the Jets. Um, I think he could do it again here, but uh, it looks like maybe they want to get Paxton Lynch a little bit more involved this season, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it all pans out. Um, Hopefully you're not drafting until something comes out in minicamp or preseason. We'll see how they all play out.
0: Yeah, I think we pretty much know what Mark Sanchez is as a quarterback. So it's going to be more interesting to see how Paxton Lynch progresses, see if he can win that job. Right. I mean, and to be honest, I wasn't
3: really thinking Trevor Trevor Simeon at all um, until Adam Schefter uh, spoke out about him. So he's somebody to watch. I mean, um, you know, for Schefter to say he has a real chance, we never know. We never know. It could just be the team talking, but uh, we'll see.
2: In all, in all honesty, we're not drafting any of them as a flyer last pick in the draft. You're staying no. away from all Broncos, absolutely, uh, quarterbacks at least. Exactly, yeah,
0: quarterbacks.
2: Um, as far as the wide receivers go, I'll just kind of
3: go down the list here. Um, of course, we have Demaryius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Those are the two uh, running back. i sorry, uh, wide receivers that we're talking about here. Uh, Demaryius Thomas, he finished last year number 13 among wide receivers. Uh, I have him at 16. Um, The only reason I have the regression on him is because of the quarterback play. I mean, we just talked about that. I'm just not confident in the quarterbacks throwing it to do with Thomas. Uh, It's not a huge regression, of course, you know, like I said, going from 13th to 16th. Um, But last year, Thomas led the league, nearly led the league in drops. Uh, He's actually third in drops by wide receivers. Um, Normally, for wide receivers, I would look at that and say, okay, that has to be a little better. He could get a little better. But um, with with the quarterbacks again, um, I just have him regressing a little bit. Not to mention, uh, well, I'll talk about it in a second, but I think the running game is going to be a little more prevalent this year, uh, which will hurt Demaryius Thomas in the red zone. Uh, and, of course, Ma- Emmanuel Sanders, I'm not going to say much about him. Last year he finished 18th among wide receivers. Uh, I have him pretty low at 33. I've, I'm the lowest among all of us. Um, last year Sanders had a little over 1,100 yards and six touchdowns last year. Uh, I have him regressing uh, to about 950 yards and five touchdowns.
1: I want to interject for a moment. Um I see you have regression numbers just based on, you know, it's Mark Sanchez or Paxton Lynch. I don't see any possible way the quarterback play can be worse than what Peyton Manning was on the field last year. He was a shadow of himself, a horrible quarterback by any metrics, but even worse by his own metrics. So nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions in the 10 games that he played. He was horrendous and he played for the majority of the season. And like you said, Demary Thomas still finished as a 13th wide receiver. Um, I don't personally see Mark Sanchez being worse than that. If anything, probably a little bit better. So what exactly makes you think he'll regress with that play?
3: Yeah, so I have Peyton Manning. I mean, Peyton Manning's aggressive. He had yardage, and he did have touchdowns. I don't know if Mark Sanchez can drive the ball like that and get as many touchdowns and that many looks. Peyton Manning screwed up a lot last year. Nobody's denying that. Um, But uh, I strongly think that that Peyton Manning was just more aggressive, and Osweiler in that effect as well. Um, I think he put the ball in the end zone. I don't think either of these quarterbacks can do it. Um, Manage the game, yes. Win some games with a defense, yes. Uh, I don't know if they can produce the offense, even with a bad Peyton Manning.
2: Um, I just want to say one thing real quick. I do feel like the defense is going to take a step back, and that's also going to affect the quarterback play. I mean, last year they won games because of that defense, not because of the quarterback play.
3: Yeah, I disagree, but okay. I I think they're going to be just as dominant this year. um, I I mean,
2: yeah, I feel like they're going to be dominant. I just don't think they're going to be as dominant. They lost a few players this year. I just don't feel like they're going to be as dominant. Von Miller's Miller's playing rich this year. He'll get it done.
1: Great. My worry with – with DeMaris Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders isn't necessarily that Mark Sanchez will be worse I I don't think he will be my worry is that they might start to switch a little bit more into trying to be a more run heavy offense rather than a pass heavy offense like they tried to be the last 3 years with Peyton so if we start to see more carries go to CJ Anderson and DeMaris Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders targets number goes down um it's not like they were that efficient in the offense last year. So my only concern is that the play calling might be different rather than the actual quarterback play. Right. Well let me but, let, let
0: me let, let me ask you guys this then. Let's say that he let's say that Mark Sanchez does get the job and he's he plays a full 16 games. What would you put his
1: touchdown totals at? Because looking looking at his stats, he only I'd has say 25, 26, 25 20. 26. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that high to be productive. I mean, the Denver Broncos for the whole season last year had 19 touchdowns for the you know for passing between Osweiler and Manning. So, if we look at even a low passing touchdown number like 22, 23, 24, that's still an improvement on last year, and it's not going to go to anybody but Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, right, because
0: he, in in Mark Sanchez's career, he only has one season where he had more than 17 touchdowns. And that was in 2011 where he had 26. And we're, we're talking about full, ga- full seasons here, 15 games, 16 games, 16 games, 15 games. He's averaging about maybe a touchdown in a quarter a game throughout a full season. So if you're putting him at 25, 24 touchdowns, that's going to be close to his career high. So he, he's, right. you know, he hasn't well, shown that he can do that. Yeah, he's going to a, a, a more powerful offense where he has a couple of better weapons than he had in the past. But still
3: right well I they think... I'll, I'll i'll explain uh really quick why i think um a part of the regression at least is with the running backs here um cj anderson finished 27th last year in standard leagues among running backs but the last five games he played last year he averaged thir- over 13 points a game um, those 13 points a game of course would put him in the top 10 of uh, all running backs um and of course the broncos uh if you guys don't know they added offensive tackle russell Okung and Donald stevenson and they also drafted a fullback, Andy John, uh, Johnovich. Um, Kubiak was really prepping for a run-heavy offense this year. Um, of course, they matched the offer sheet that the Dolphins gave C.J. Anderson. They almost lost him. They matched it, got him back. And of course, Ronnie Hillman returned um, as a free agent. And they drafted Devontae Booker from uh, excuse me from Utah, um, and he's supposed to be pretty good. So we have a ton of running backs in the mix. Um, Kubiak wants to pound the ball. It's pretty obvious all their offseason moves have geared them towards, you know, keeping their defense strong and ground and pound, Um, hence the reason why Paxton Lynch might be able to come in there and just manage
0: the game. Anything else on the Broncos you guys want to add?
1: I I definitely believe that Anderson should be better this year if he finally gets the volume of carries. Um, Like Dale just said, the last five games of the year – he was actually getting the rock, and Hillman wasn't. The beginning of the season, if anybody remembers, it's is it going to be a Hillman game or is it going to be an Anderson game? It seemed like Anderson was still trying to work his way from some a couple of injuries that were nagging him early in the year. If he's a guy that can get the full workload, he should be very productive with
3: it. Right. I mean, I have him at 14 right now among running backs, right in between Thomas Rawls and Carlos Hyde. Um, so if you're going to get him as a high-end number two... Um, I think you'll be looking really good
1: yep that's a very solid uh, spot for him
2: yeah yeah
0: Anderson I mean he was averaging about 14 points a game to finish the year in the last three games so
2: right his current okay Dale without looking at rankings his current ADP is 13 can I give you a couple names tell me where you uh, tell me what you think yeah sure um Carlos Hyde or CJ Anderson uh I have Carlos Hyde uh Matt Forte or CJ Anderson CJ Anderson CJ Anderson LaShawn McCoy or C.J. Anderson? C.J. Anderson.
3: Ah, uh, ooh. ooh. Uh, man, they're going to be neck and neck. Um, I might go McCoy. I might go McCoy ahead of C.J.
2: Anderson. Ryan Matthews or C.J. Anderson? i got to go Kurt, uh, C.J. Anderson. Uh,
1: okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have him about 30. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I would I take Anderson in that spot over every guy there but McCoy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah you guys, I mean, uh, I'll give you one more name. Jonathan Stewart or C.J. Anderson? C.J. Wow. Okay. You guys are way higher on than
3: I am. Um, they, okay, okay, the last the last uh, position that I, it's really worth talking about with the Broncos is uh, the tight end position. Uh, Virgil Green is the guy to talk to talk about. Um, of course, they have Jeff Heuerman and Garrett Graham in the mix, uh, but Green is by far the most athletic uh, of the three. Um, if you're in a deep league and need a flyer in the tight end, um, Green has probably the biggest potential of uh, a breakout year. Uh, his metrics. I mean, the guy's six three, almost two hundred and fifty pounds. He ran a four, five, four 40 yard dash, uh, which is in the top six percent of all uh, tight ends. Um, so, yeah, uh, if you're going to take anybody, take Virgil Green, but um, don't expect much. It'll it'll be a it'll be a prayer.
4: All
0: right. Well, next up, then we have the Kansas City Chiefs. They finished number two in the division uh, with an eleven and five record. For quarterback, of course, they've got Alex Smith coming back. He finished 2015 with over with 20 touchdowns, second time in his career, and he had a career high in total yards. But either way, I mean, Alex Smith—he's he's a quarterback that's projected to finish about number 25 in 2016. So he's not really somebody that you're going to be targeting in drafts um, at all. He is a sneaky rusher, though. He had almost 500 yards rushing. That that was surprising to me. I didn't think he was that high in rushing. But e- even Rich, with the rushing Richard. numbers.
2: What, what's a sneaky rusher mean? What does that mean?
0: As a quarterback, getting about 500 yards in rushing. Got it,
2: got it, got it, got it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he's a running back with 500 yards, he's, he's trash. If he's a quarterback with 500 yards, you're talking about 50 points over the course of 16 games. That's an extra three points a game that he's getting just from the rushing alone, you know? Nice. Um, but like I said, I, I'd consider most quarterbacks over Alex Smith. I'm sure you guys do too, so not, really not much to talk about. At running back, we have Jamal Charles coming back from his ACL tear. He only played five games in 2015, but in those five games, he had 92 touches, and he had over 500 total yards and five touchdowns. So when he was on the field, he was very dominant. He's somebody that even you know even coming off of an ACL tear, which is the second time this happens, after his first one, he came back to a full workload just like nothing happened. He finished as a number seven running back that year uh, with over 1,500 yards, and averaged about 5.3 yards per carry. He's actually never averaged less than 5 yards a carry throughout his career. He's coming off the board as the number 6 running back, uh, by number 16 ADP, so it's it's pretty high up there for somebody coming off of the ACL tear. But either way, he's, he's still somebody that you, you if it's a value, you're going to be targeting.
2: I have one comment. He was born on December twenty seventh, 1986. That makes him 29 years old. He'll be turning 30 this year. I'm a little nervous about his age and two ACL tears.
0: Yeah, and anybody going to mention
3: either Spencer Ware or Kendrick West?
0: Well, Kendrick West, after the injury to Jamal Charles, it looked like he was going to be the guy because in between weeks seven through nine, he had uh, about 276 yards rushing and 136 yards receiving. So over 400 yards over those three games with four touchdowns. So right after the injury to Jamal Charles, West came in and had about 21 points per game. After that, though, he fell off, and then Spencer Ware looked like he was going to be the guy from weeks 10 through 12, uh, where he was averaging almost 16 points per game. So it's it was kind of a toss-up there. You, you you see what West was doing. You try to pick him up. You try to plug him in. By the time you probably got him on your team, Spencer Ware was the guy running the ball and, and, and making all the plays. So, right. I mean,
3: yeah, ESPN's Mike Clay is suggesting that uh, Spencer Ware is going to be Charles' backup. Um how much of a timeshare are you expecting? I guess Jamal Charles doesn't need much to be productive.
0: Um, where, where do you have uh, Jamal Charles going, Richard? Jamal Charles, I'd say the beginning of the s- second round, probably around that's, mm, well, closer to the middle of the second round. I'd be comfortable taking him. Okay. Yeah, a few other running backs who I'd rather have, who's being drafted around that position, I, I'd probably take Devontae Freeman over Jamal Charles because of the question mark uh, Doug Martin, definitely. And 80, 80 Lacey too. I take a, I take a pick over him of him over Jamal Charles in that position.
3: CJ Anderson.
0: Um, uh, no, I'll, I'll stick with Jamal Charles there.
3: Okay, good. Cool. All
0: right. Um, at wide receiver, we've got Jeremy Macklin. He finished 2015 as the number 17 wide receiver. He had almost 1100 yards and eight touchdowns right now. He's coming off the board as a 22nd wide receiver. Uh looking to to be around the beginning of the fourth round. mid Well, beginning to mid-fourth round. Um, in 2015 though, he did have almost 11 points per game, which is the second high of, highest of his career. The thing that I don't like about Macklin is that to me, he's very hit or miss. Or in 2015 he had three games where he had over 20 points, so he has that big game potential. But then he also had six games where he had less than six points. So, you can get, you can get a big game out of Macklin but then you can also get a dud game where you really need
2: it. Right. I mean, last year, he started out the season pretty slow, but he picked up pretty well and stayed consistent. I mean, he was just getting his chemistry going with Alex Smith. I don't feel like he's that hit or miss when he's got his chemistry going with his quarterback.
0: Yeah, but would you, would, do you want a wide receiver, though, That where, where he's coming off the board, which is in that middle of the fourth round, would you want to have a wide receiver that you're looking at about almost half of the games being under six points?
2: That can well, the receivers, the receivers around him, I like a lot. I'd rather have t- Jarvis Landers going around the same position as him. I'd rather have him. Um, but then there's Golden Tate. I'd rather have Macklin. There's Randall Cobb. I'd rather have Macklin. Sammy Watkins, because he's never on the field, I'd rather have Macklin. Um, and that's moving him up quite a bit. See, I'd rather
0: take Golden Tate myself in that position. I'm really interested to see how he's going to do without Calvin Johnson being in the mix. Um, also, Kelvin Benjamin, he's being drafted around Macklin. I'd rather take Kelvin Benjamin in that situation and Julian Edelman. Even though uh, Payton, I mean, not Payton, Tom Brady's missing those four games, he's, he's still going to be very productive out there. Yeah, Peyton Manning's not playing next season. No, no, he, he's, he's actually thinking about coming back in 2018, which we'll talk <laughs> about.
2: <laughs> next year.
0: Yeah. And then at tight end, of course, Travis Kelsey, he finished as a number seven tight end last year. He had almost 900 yards with five touchdowns. He's coming off the board as the number five tight end, um, you know, somewhere around that uh, beginning of the sixth round. He hit the hundred yard mark twice last season, last season, which is great for a tight end. But he did have five games where he had four points or less, so he, he's serviceable. But if you're looking, to, if you're looking for a tight end in that in that middle, you know, the middle of the fifth round, it's looking like um, I wouldn't reach that early for a tight end. I'd rather I'd be more comfortable taking him in the seventh round if he's available um, or just you know waiting for Delaney Walker or a Kobe Fleener who's projecting to come around uh, around later than Travis Kelsey. All
3: right, and for what it's worth, um, I don't suggest drafting towards strength of schedule, but for what it's worth, the chiefs do have the easiest schedule for tight ends. Um, so that helps a little bit. I think that maybe knocks them. you know if I'm between uh, rankings, I might bump them. you know I might round up on Kelsey just because of the schedule.
0: Yeah, he's actually going in the in the beginning of the sixth round, not the fifth round. I mentioned that earlier, but like I said, the, Delaney Walker and Colby Fleener—they're going after Kelsey. And I'd much rather wait around, get like another running back or, or wide receiver in that six in that uh, sixth round, and wait around and get a Delaney Walker or a Colby Fleener.
2: Okay. Yeah, last year was supposed to be Travis, Travis Kelsey's breakout year, and he did not break out whatsoever.
3: Hey, uh, Christian, uh, are you still with us? I'm still here. Okay, making sure you weren't passed out or anything.
0: Yeah, you haven't no, talked I, for like for like 10 minutes. It's very unusual. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I just took a few minutes there to just cool off for a second.
0: Good. You
3: okay?
1: Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Okay. All right, so <laughs> All right, well, I mean,
0: I'm done with the Chiefs there, so
2: Come Nice. Good job. Hey, Richard, I have have a question. Where do you see the Chiefs finishing in the division?
0: Ooh, um I'll take well, you know what I was gonna say I'll take them to win the division, but Broncos defense is still there. Mm. You know what? I'll take them winning the division.
1: Me too.
3: Dale, uh, I'll take uh, no way. They're not winning the division. I po- Who are you picking, Dale? I'm got the Broncos. I bet
0: oh, you
2: wow. Kansas City's gonna be third. It's gonna be Broncos, Raiders, Kansas City Chargers.
0: Wow, that's bold. I have yeah. I have.
2: I have Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos. Of course you do.
0: You have Raiders. You have Raiders number one.
1: Chiefs. Yeah, they they made some Raiders. Broncos, then Chargers.
0: You
2: guys are all fools.
0: So you have the Broncos finishing third. Yep. Hmm.
2: All right. The uh, the Broncos are going to have that uh, Super Bowl flunk or funk
1: or funk. I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's what it's
0: called. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Next up, we have the Oakland Raiders. They finished number three in the division. How are they looking this year?
1: Um, I think they're on an upswing. I mean, they seem to be solidifying a lot of their holes, um, especially across the offensive line. Uh, A couple of moves in the in the defense, but we want to talk fantasy. So, um, first, I want to start with Derek Carr. So, Carr finished last year: thirty nine hundred yards, thirty two touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. Um, 61% completion percentage. Um, He made a nice jump from his rookie season to his second year in the league. I expect expect him to continue to progress. However, that being said, uh, he had 32 touchdowns on only 350 completions. That's a very high rate for somebody who threw the ball under 4,000 yards. So... I really expect Cooper to come into his second year and continue to be a big weapon for him. Um, I, I think Carr will probably throw for more yards this year because that's really where his game was lacking last year. But I don't really expect him to improve on that touchdown total because it was such a high rate from what you would expect with that given that, that yardage number. Um, especially if they start to move a little bit more towards... Running the ball, if Latavius Murray can be a little bit more effective and efficient in the red zone, um, he wasn't exactly an efficient runner last year. Um, Carr is going right now as the thirteenth quarterback off the board. I think right there he's an okay value. He should offer good, possibly inconsistent fantasy production, but he'll be okay for the people that draft him.
3: Yeah, I mean the fact that he had thirty-two touchdowns last year is uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean he was tied eighth and touchdowns among quarterbacks that's that's not bad that's a lot of I mean that's a lot of fantasy production
1: that's pretty good alright so honestly I don't think anybody's really drafting them as their number one quarterback there might be some people that that might if you're waiting on quarterback um, for me I personally wouldn't um, I think he's going to be like an in- inconsistent type of guy just very similar to how he was last year and. Really, I want to talk about the next guy because I think the offense is going to shift slightly more into the run game. Um, They bolstered up that offensive line. For me, it's probably, you know, top two in the league as far as offensive lines are concerned, especially in run blocking. Um, They added a guard. Good Lord, I I don't know how to say his name. Kalichi Osemeli, whatever his name is. Um, Let's call him Kalisi. Yeah, Kalisi. All right, so the mother of guards... <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so Latavius Murray, right? He finished last year: 266 carries, 1,066 yards, six touchdowns, average, you know, right at 4.0 yards per carry. He added another 41 catches, 232 yards. Um, he got a lot of work, over 300 touches. Wasn't necessarily all that effective with it. Um, got a great stat from uh, Pro Football Focus. Uh, Scott Barrett from Pro Football Focus tweeted out, Since 2001, of the 92 cases of a running back that have amassed at least 260 carries and 35 receptions in a season, Latavius Murray's 2015 fantasy points rank dead last. So, that's not good. Um, (laughs) We are talking about a running back that was not effective. But, they finally got a little bit better as an offensive line. He was the only show in town as far as running backs last year. Um, The next guy I'm going to talk about, DeAndre Washington, was drafted to kind of maybe take a little bit of that work and maybe Letarius Murray can go back to what he was the year before when he was much higher in terms of yards per carry when he averaged 5.2 the year before. Right now he's going as the 17th running back off the board. He's going to get a ton of work. If he can just be a little bit more effective with it, he'll be... Pretty good selection and a pretty solid guy. If you can get him as your running back, too, that's a very good team.
3: Yeah, I agree.
0: The thing that worries me me about Murray is that he did slow down towards the end of the year. He was averaging about 3.3 yards a carry in those last two months. So his his yards per carry overall, though, for the year he finished uh, looks like 4.0. So on the low end as far as running backs go, usually you want to have a mid force. Uh, kind of rusher in there, but you said he can turn out to be a pretty good RB
1: two. I agree with that. I think he's a, he's a very high end RB two, and he's going at at 17th overall right now. Um, he should get slightly less work. I think the whole point of them drafting DeAndre Washington uh, in the fifth round out of Texas Tech is to maybe take some of those third down works, a couple series here and there, away from Murray. And just let him be a more efficient runner. They really wore him into the ground last year. Like I said, with more than 300 uh, touches, that's not necessarily his game. We saw how efficient he was the year before. So, um, DeAndre Washington is not necessarily a huge guy, uh, five foot eight, 204 pounds. He's really going to be working in sort of a complementary role to Latavius. Um, he does have the ability, however, to be dual threat. So he's not just passing down back, he's not just a uh, running downs back, he's very good complementary back to Latavius Murray. We'll probably take some series from him. I'm not necessarily too concerned, because I think that will only allow Murray to be more effective with his runs. Um, he did see some first team reps in OTAs. Uh, don't expect really to anything to be a threat to take over Latavius. Just like I said before, um, somebody to kind of back him up. Now, in the case that Murray should get hurt, Uh, It is my opinion that DeAndre Washington is one of those very nice handcuffs that you can have. He's going at 173 overall, um, basically undrafted in a lot of leagues, uh, the 62nd running back off the board. If you do draft Murray, you could spend your very last pick on DeAndre Washington, or it might be some guy that you might add drop every single week off waivers um, just to kind of make sure that if anything happens to Murray, you can be safe. Any thoughts on Washington? Yeah, well,
3: uh, just uh, really quick on Murray. I uh, just point out, I mean, interesting stat. He was only one of seven running backs with 1,000 yards last year and only ended up with six touchdowns. I know mean, you kind of talked on that a little bit, but I think that's a pretty telling stat. If he can get a couple more touchdowns, I think Murray can be something uh, maybe a little bit better.
1: I think he will be. I think he's being a little bit undervalued. He'll be more effective. Um, and that offense as a whole might be more effective. It might be at the slight detriment of Derek Carr's touchdown numbers, like I alluded to earlier. Um, more work going to Murray and possibly Washington, um, you know. But we'll see how that pans out. What? Uh, no,
0: I was looking at the I was looking at the stats for last year. Interesting enough, he had 41 receptions last year, but he only had one red zone target in the entire year.
1: So actually, that that makes a ton of sense because really, when it came to, to red zone looks, it was the next couple guys, which are the wide receivers. Um, And that's Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Uh, Cooper ended the year last year, 72 catches, 1,070 yards, six touchdowns. In what was kind of an inconsistent year, uh, especially during the final stretch of the season after he suffered his foot injury, Um, that seemed to be a very predominant factor in his poor performance in the final few games, in my opinion at least. Um, He was also second in the league when it comes to drops. He had 10 drops um, I expect good things for Cooper in the offense. He's a very precise route runner. Um, he's got a full complement of routes. He, he can run pretty much you know a full route tree. Um, he's a guy, however, that for me, uh, especially in like Dynasty and Keeper-style leagues, might be climbing a little bit too much in ADP, um, where he's basically a player who's being drafted with what I consider to be like a best-case scenario. So I love the guy. I think he's going to have a good year. But he's going right now as the 11th wide receiver off the board, 24th overall. So last pick of the second round, first pick of uh, third round in that area. Uh, for me, there's guys that I would rather have that he's going ahead of, like Mike Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks. Um, I like Cooper, but I don't like him that much where we're drafting him based off of a best-case scenario. Any thoughts there?
0: No, I agree yeah, with for, you. And for Cooper... For Cooper, it looks like he only had eight red zone targets last year. Uh, less than half of what Michael Crabtree
1: had. Yep. So Crabtree's the next guy I want to get into because he had a pretty nice season. 85 catches for 922 yards and nine touchdowns. Those nine touchdowns is a nice number. He also had 146 targets. That's a ton of targets for what everybody deemed to be the wide receiver two last year. Um those career high. touchdown numbers, yeah. Well, what touchdowns?
0: No, no, no. His uh, targets.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, he uh, only targets. he only
0: had three less targets than Amari Cooper did.
1: Right, exactly. Um, so it was really a one A one B sort of scenario, um, where Crabtree just got a ton of work. Now this might be a situation where Cooper steps up and really becomes the number one in that offense, but Crabtree is going so far behind Amari Cooper. It's ridiculous, right? There's Even if he regresses, and he might, especially those touchdown numbers, those targets, might start to tilt towards Cooper. I think Cooper's the more talented guy in that offense. But he's going as the uh, the 35th receiver off the board, 86 overall in drafts. Um, I mean, that's a pretty good value in my opinion, uh, especially if he can be a little bit more efficient with his catches. So he caught 85 balls on 146 targets. Um, If he can be a little bit more efficient, even if he gets a little bit less targets, it it might be a pretty decent season for a guy that's going as a 35th wide receiver off the board.
0: Yeah, for those people that believe in in the so-called sophomore slump, since Amari Cooper is coming into a sophomore year, Michael Crabtree would be somebody that you want to look at, uh, again, if you believe that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I I don't believe in that narrative anymore. I think in the new NFL, that doesn't necessarily exist as much as it did before. Um, But I still, even with that, even if Crabtree is um, a little less than he was last year, he's still a value, in my opinion. So last (laughs) but not least, I do want to touch quickly and speak of Clive Walford. Uh, He's a guy that very late in the draft, if you want to take a maybe flyer on a tight end that could see some production on an offense that is possibly taking a step forward. You know, you can take a shot in the dark at Wofford but uh, I don't think it's really necessary you know he, he'll probably be a whatever guy this year I don't think I want to talk about Clive Wofford.
3: <laughs> Give us a bold prediction for the Raiders.
1: Bold prediction? You got, you got any? Latavius Murray will be a top 10 running
0: back
2: Interesting. Okay
0: And to finish up the AFC West we have the San Diego Chargers they finished dead last. What do we think
2: of all right, Phillip Rivers is the first guy I'm gonna talk about in the San Diego Chargers. Last year he finished around the tenth quarterback. He finished tenth in quarterbacks last year. Right now he's going as the twelfth quarterback off the board. He last year he had more attempts than he's ever had his entire career, mainly because they were such a terrible overall team because of injuries. I see him finishing more around the eighth round, the eighth quarterback. Um, he has Keenan Allen coming back. They just added Travis, Travis Benjamin. He is a quarterback you want to take if you're taking a quarterback late and you need someone to to fill a void every week, I'm gonna fucking mute you guys. Um. So yeah, that's Philip Rivers in a nutshell. <laughs> in a very small nutshell, Damn. we got it. <laughs> you guys, you guys want to say anything about Philip Rivers?
1: Why is he in a nutshell?
2: I just said Philip Rivers <laughs> in a nutshell.
1: I mean, I agree. I think Philip Rivers will be fine where he's being drafted. He'll probably throw a ton of pass attempts again. Um, that offense is going to try to run the ball probably at the beginning of the season and probably uh, abandon it. Their defense is so bad. um, They're going to have to throw the ball a ton again. And Keenan Allen's just going to be the beneficiary of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he finished a little higher than eight. I mean, he has the potential. He has the talent to finish high. It's just, will that team be good enough? So now we're going to talk about the running back situation in San Diego. It's a complete mess. Um, We have Melvin Gordon being the 26th running back taken off the board this year. Last year, he finished 51st. Um, He had no touchdowns last year whatsoever receiving or running. There's also Danny Woodhead, who finished 12 last year in running, among running backs. This year he's going 34th. I don't see that repeating itself. Woodhead finishing top 12. I see him finishing more around the 30 range, and Melvin Gordon hopefully finishing around 26, 27. Curlingham ranked around 21. Um, There's potential with Melvin Gordon. He's only one of four quarterbacks, running backs taken in the first round in the past five years. Melvin Gordon needs to take a step forward, has to take a step forward for the San Diego Chargers to be relevant in the NFL again. Um, you, you guys think about that? Yeah, I think Danny
0: Woodhead is, is a much better value than Melvin Gordon. S- since he's been in San Diego, he's the Chargers have loved keeping him involved, especially in the passing game. I mean, the only season that he didn't have, you know, top you know, top twenty four numbers, top thirty numbers as a running back was in twenty fourteen when he was injured. Um, but I mean even last year he had 755 yards receiving so they keep him very very involved especially uh, somebody a target especially in the PPR leagues
2: yeah definitely with Melvin Gordon it's something you want to take a look at is how he performs in the preseason last year he was terrible I made the mistake I to pay attention to it and I still drafted him just pay attention to how he plays in the preseason if he's good take him or he's being drafted don't reach for him he needs to prove it before you can rely on him as a number one back in the NFL
1: out of all the running backs, out of all the running backs that were, you know, performed below their standards, especially some of these rookie backs last year, the one that I think could possibly take the biggest step forward for me is Melvin Gordon. I mean, he had all that work, no touchdowns, was incredibly inefficient. But coming into his second year, I know he's coming off of that microfracture surgery. Um, if he can be just a little bit more effective with the ball. They will start to tilt it in his favor, give him more of a workload, probably fade Danny Woodhead's just passing down role. Um, I, I actually like Melvin Gordon where he's going in a lot of drafts. If you can get him as your flex or even in, in, in a lot of drafts as a bench player, I love that value. Yeah. If, yeah, if, if he's he, going to
3: be your flex, grab him. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't suggest a number two on
1: Melvin Gordon. You don't have to take him as your number two.
2: Well, He's, tw- he's a twenty six running back going off the board, there's a chance you might mess up in your draft and get him as your number two and you'd be fucked all season.
0: Either way, at the flex, though, whether you whether you choose to take Gordon or whether you choose to take Woodhead, you're going to have a pretty good flex player. I can see Woodhead getting you know, 800 total yards and another eight touchdowns this year, which would put him somewhere around a high-end running
1: back three, which, like I said, is great for a flex. I think, to be honest, San Diego gave Melvin Gordon all the opportunity in the world at the beginning of the season. um, It was really that he was just very ineffective with it. They are going to try to do the same thing again this year. So it's all going to come down to whether or not Gordon's going to be effective with his carries. If he is, I see a greatly diminished role for Woodhead. He'll still be, you know, type of back that'll catch at least 60 passes again. Um, But probably if Gordon can be what what I hope he'll be, you know, a lot less work for Gord for Woodhead, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, only three and a half yards per carry, and and you know, two catches per game on average. He's gonna have to step up a lot.
2: Yep. Yeah, but there were a lot of factors you had to play into. Melvin Gord being bad. There was the receivers going down, the offensive line going down. I mean, Philip Rivers was carrying the team and shoulders, and there was nothing he can do back there. Yeah, but I can't know, put it all. Yeah,
0: but it, it, what about Danny Woodhead then? How do you explain him being you know
2: so hot? Well, he was he was in the. Well, they were down by a Eighty catches. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's 80 a, catches. He's the running back that catches the ball, Melvin Gordon is. And obviously, he's going to have more opportunity because they're playing by a lot. They're playing down, and they're losing games. All right, let's move on. That was good. All right, let's talk. Thanks. thanks I think thanks to you guys. Um, so the next guys we're going to talk about is the receiving core over there in uh, San Diego. There's and Allen. Last year, he was on pace to finish top four. Um, if he had finished the season, he did not. He only played eight games. He had 67 receptions, 725 yards, four touchdowns. Um, he was on pace to be number four, right behind Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. Um, yeah, this year he's going pretty late, surprisingly. I think, I think it has to do with the arrival of Travis Benjamin. Um, he's going to take away some of the deep looks that Keenan Allen was getting last year. I don't see Travis Benjamin being a factor in on the offensive side too much, but it might, you know take a couple of deep looks away from uh Kean allen and Steven johnson's coming back from his injury from last year he should he shouldn't be a big factor if you're taking a late flyer on a wide receiver over there i think you take stevie johnson he had he was productive when he was on the field um but he's not someone you're looking for if you're looking for, if you're not he's not someone you're looking for um with a high ceiling so yeah yeah be- because of,
0: yeah because of his, his early season performance before going down and the fact that the Chargers are going to continue throwing the ball in 2016, I would love to have Keenan Allen as my second wide receiver off the board. So, uh, if, you have, yeah. if you have Keenan Allen as your second wide receiver, you're you're going to be okay.
2: I currently have Keenan Allen ranked seven right now. Um, I can see him finishing anywhere as in the five range. He's going as 14. I think he's a steal out of that position right now. I can exactly. only see him going up. He...
3: Yeah, and uh,
2: just, just to mention here, I mean, we kind of talked about this before. But Keenan Allen
3: was on pace uh, before his injury to uh, come within one reception of Antonio Brown. Uh, So that's that's a lot of receptions there if you're playing in PPR.
1: He, to me, is the quintessential high-floor wide receiver. As long as he stays healthy this year, he's going to see a ton of targets. It's just going to be whether or not he'll have any explosive games to go with it. Um, whether he'll be Julio Jones-esque where you got a ton of targets and you you got explosive games to go with it, or whether it'll be Jarvis Landry where you got a ton of targets but maybe not the explosive nature to it. I see something in between. Definitely a top-10 wide receiver for me. All right,
2: let's move on to the tight ends over there. There's only one tight end really there in San Diego, and it's Antonio Gates for the past 15 years. Um, (laughs) He's currently going pretty late in drafts at a 13th tight end. He – that is a steal in, in the draft. Last year he only played 11 games and he finished 11. Um, he was targeted 85 times. Um, he is Antonio Gates. He is a tight end to grab over there. There's no one else besides him. He's going to finish top five at least. He's going to get touchdowns if Oof. he finishes the season, of course. Oof, what? Top five? I mean, look at the guy – Gary Barnage – He's going to finish above him. Delaney Walker is the only guy I could see him not surpassing. He's going to get the targets. He's going to get the receptions. He's going to get the touchdowns. There's no reason he would not finish the top five unless he gets injured. In
3: yeah, match. I mean, Antonio Gates was seventh in points per game last year among tight ends. So, saying top five isn't, isn't anything crazy.
2: Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's other guys around him as well to support him now. He's not the only guy carrying that offense like he was a few years ago. Key Allen's healthy. C.B. Johnson's healthy. Melvin Gordon, please pray to God that he's good. Um it should just help Antonio, uh, Antonio Gates next year. Okay. He's definitely a, he's he's definitely a steal right now going as a tight end. If you get him as a 13 tight end taken off the board, that is a steal. He's going to be the starter of your roster.
1: I think that's great entire... for people that are waiting on tight end. He's the type of guy that you can plug in and um, you know just keep playing every week. And as long as he's playing, you put him in, and he'll be pretty damn productive.
3: Only two you know guy, <laughs> only two guys out of the top six tight ends played all 16 games. So even if Gates misses a game or two, that's pretty normal for the top tight ends in our league.
2: Brito, who would you rather have next season, Antonio Gates or Ladarius Green?
1: Um, I know you guys might think I'm crazy. I'll actually go with you and say Gates.
2: Okay. Um, what about you, Dale? Nah, I go Gates.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's crazy either.
2: Okay, let's go a little higher. Let's go Gary Barnage.
1: Oh I'll go Gates because of his reputation of finishing high. Yeah, yeah, that to me depends on who's the starting quarterback in Cleveland. If it's uh if it's RG three, I want nothing to do with Barnage.
2: Oh yeah, he doesn't really throw his tight ends. Yep. What about um Travis Kelsey?
0: Yeah, give me Kelsey. Yeah. Kelsey all day Kelsey.
2: Okay, not close. You so went, you, 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 you went too high? <laughs> I, was, I was testing you guys. Okay, well, last one: Julius Thomas or uh, Antonio Gates? That's that's a good it. that's a good one.
1: I'll take Gates, man.
2: Um, I'm, I'll take
0: I'll take the upside of Thomas. Well, I'll not take the Thomas. upside, but I, I think yeah, if he plays a full sixteen games, how he should be able to, uh, he'll finish higher than Gates. Absolutely.
2: All right. So his current ADP is thirteen. You guys, we all are pretty much in consensus. He's going to finish around nine or eight. I mean, that's yeah. where his ranking is. Um, last one, sorry. Zach Ertz or Antonio Gates?
1: I I like Zach Ertz a lot this year. I know that people I do too don't want to. He ended the year so strong last year. I think he's going to continue on that trend. Um, and if he could just somehow find his way into the end zone, because that's just not part of his game. This past couple years, he's been a catch and yardage guy. He'll be he'll be top five if he can actually step it up in, in the red zone.
2: Yeah, I'll take Ertz.
1: Yeah, okay, it's a sweet... no, I
2: don't disagree with that. There's upside there. I definitely agree with that. All right, that wraps it up for the San Diego Chargers. All
0: right, so that about wraps it up then for our AFC West Divisional preview. Right now we'll go ahead and we'll be playing our interview that we had with Mike, the fantasy hitman right from the Fantasy Footballers. So stay tuned. It's a really good interview.
1: Joining us now we have Mike, the fantasy hitman right Mike is a fantasy football analyst, and he's also a co-host of the award-winning Fantasy Footballers podcast. You can follow him at FF Hitman on Twitter. How you doing tonight, Mike?
4: I'm doing excellent. I appreciate uh, you guys having me on, and I, I even more appreciate you getting the award-winning in there, because that's, that's the good stuff.
1: Absolutely, man. So... <laughs> That's that's everywhere the you know podcast awards. Uh, no, it's everything. good.
4: I, I appreciate the invite, guys. Let's, I'm I'm excited to talk fantasy. The season is fast fast approaching, uh, and you can feel it in the air that that's, the, the buzz is really picking up.
0: All right. So the, the one thing I have to comment on, you know, before we get into it anymore, your beard, man. I love it. I've got one myself, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I I don't have the guts to grow it out that far like you have it. But it's it's pretty nice, man.
4: Hey, I, I appreciate that. Before, um, before the the podcast kind of took off, I was uh, so my my background is I'm a musician, and I had joined this uh, this band with actually with my father in law. It's is a uh, uh, what's the a fair? You know, like you go to your state fair. Kind of a band that kind of tours though that circuit. Yeah, yeah. And they were a uh, we we all looked like hillbillies. And but and we would take kind of classic rock songs and then retool them so they sound like you know like down south hillbilly type music where I'm playing acoustic guitar and my father in law is singing and playing the washboard and that kind of stuff and so everyone had a huge huge beard and everything so I just I grew you know I I grew it out just kind of kept it since then so there was there was a time where my beard was actually even longer than it is now nice (laughs) so you're 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 pretty attached to it I imagine. Now Oh, it's it's the brand, man. The hashtag <laughs> brand. You gotta you gotta have a differentiator. And for some reason, fantasy football people just they didn't really jump in on when the beards were cool, I guess. And may, maybe beards aren't so aren't the cool thing anymore, but it's too late. It's too late. I got my beard and I love it. No, it's pretty cool. It's still in, it's still in. But if it meant that you were
0: guaranteed a fantasy championship in your favorite league, would you shave it off?
4: Hmm, oh, am I am I allowed to regrow it? Yeah, you're allowed to regrow it. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't. I, I'm pretty confident in my skills. I'll, I'll, I'll roll the <laughs> dice that I can win it without, with the power of the beard still on my face.
1: Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is Christian on now. So, Mike, I got to ask you: How did you get started doing this? How did you get you guys get fantasy footballers off the ground? What was that like?
4: Uh, sure. So we. Uh, the three of us, actually, we all worked together, we all uh, worked for a company, and we made video games for a living, and we were all huge fantasy football guys. you know the, the league of record we talked about that was we were in it back then, and fantasy football was a big part of the the social camaraderie of the job and Andy and I uh, actually started a a podcast specifically for our league. Uh, what we did every single year, our league, we would try and you know elevate the ridiculousness of the of the league, where we had uh, an announcer in a in a full suit, and we would walk <laughs> our cards up with our draft picks, and they would he would read them off, and it was like we just that we would we would build these or not build, we would get printed these giant custom banners and custom mini helmets, and so eventually you know the the, the next obvious thing was we did a podcast, and it was Andy and I uh and so we would we made this podcast just for the 12 people or or so who were in the league and a couple of co-owners but it was just so much fun and and uh we decided hey you know let's try and get a let's, let's do a real one so andy and i kind of soft launched the fantasy footballers uh a couple years ago and just kind of worked on it and then there was this transition period of of work for all of us and we brought jason in and and we uh, we were, we were kind of going to do it on the side, you know. Hey, let's see if we can do this while everyone's uh, chasing down other you know, new career avenues. But the podcast just kind of took off, and so we dove into it, and then it became everyone's full time job. Uh, but but then so that's kind of the history, the quick history lesson of the footballers.
1: Okay was there was there ever a point you know after you've already launched and all that where you thought maybe it wasn't going to work out, and you thought? Maybe we should backpedal and not do this.
4: Uh, every day. <laughs> <laughs> every Jesus, day. Okay. I mean, like, I mean, you, you, like, we're living, you know, talking about fantasy football for a living, and you think like, there's just some mornings you wake up, you're like, man, am I, am I living in a house of cards right now? Where this, because it's it's ridiculous, you know, that it. it Just just where we are in life. I mean, it's it's great. And I don't mean it ridiculous as in I think it's dumb or anything It's just the ride has been so Such a whirlwind whirlwind and so crazy that you you I guess there's just that everybody has that little bit of self self self-doubt in them You're like is this all gonna collapse? Um, but there was a like the time period I would say that was the hardest was just When we decided hey, okay, we're going out. We're going all in, you know, we're doing five shows a week um and it, it it to do 5 shows a week is that's a full-time job. You can't you can't get away with having an actual good podcast and not be fully committed to doing it. So there was you know some some uh sketchy times there but luckily we we all had the support of our families, our wives are on board, our kids are on board, so uh it, luckily we we pushed through and and it paid off, man. So and now we're just feeling extremely blessed uh that we have people who enjoy the show so much and because we do we work extremely hard on the show so to have uh the support of the fan base that we do and we get to continue doing this it's uh like i said it's just it's a crazy world we live in
1: yeah man wow that was <laughs> that was awesome just to even hear uh you guys going through that experience that's that's pretty great all right so let's transition it let's actually talk some fantasy um Got a few questions for you here. We've been looking at your rankings. You've got Keenan Allen as your number five wide receiver in a half point PPR.
4: Uh, your number you're four. You're right at you.
1: <laughs> Number four in PPR. Why Why are you so high on Keenan?
4: Man, the target because you got to feed the beast, and Keenan Allen was an absolute monster when it comes to targets uh, last year. Before going down with the kidney, man, he was a top four, top five guy for sure. In, no matter what your scoring format was. He, uh, standard or PPR. In PPR, he gets a, a bump for me even more so because uh, what was he was averaging 11 targets a game while Antonio Gates was on the suspension, the four-game uh, PED suspension. You think, oh, well, he, Keenan Allen's production, it has to drop off. And then he dropped down to 10 targets a game. So he was still unbelievably... Uh, the focal point of the offense and the, the moves that they made, they replaced Malcolm Floyd with Travis Benjamin. Uh, I know Stevie Johnson is still there, but it, like they didn't change the offense. They added Ken Wisenhunt who, who was great for them last time he was there. I believe they were uh, fifth in total yardage. So I, I think that the offense is just going to be even better. If, if the offensive line can stay healthy, because if, if you recall, it was a mishmash of just, them throwing together whatever they possibly could any healthy body they just threw it on the offensive line cuz everybody went down and so they have they're all healthy right now at least yeah and, and if that can hold up man it's just the offense is gonna go through Keenan Allen and if you just watch the film of him he is so successful of beating coverage and always being open I it doesn't matter to me that he's not this deep down threat like Julio Jones uh, because he's going to get so many targets, and and to me that means he he will end up scoring. Uh, I just I don't think he's like a, a Jarvis Landry where he's just going to end up with two or three touchdowns. I think he can get if that pace that he was on last year continues, he will dominate and he will end up you know pushing the eight touchdown area. Which what to me with the I don't remember how many targets I gave him, but it, I, I I liked the pace he was on, and I just don't see any reason that 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 would change for San Diego.
1: I 100% agree with you there man. I, honestly, if he had played the full season, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't have been third at least in receptions probably behind Brown and and Julio. So All right, let's let's transition to a quarterback here that you guys all seem to hate and I'm 100% on board with. Some of my <laughs> <clears throat> some of my co-podcasters disagree with me vehemently um and that's Big Ben you have him as outside of your top ten at quarterback. Tell me why he's going to suck this year.
4: Oh, well, we got <laughs> to pump the brakes because I don't think that he's going to suck. Right, right. There's other. just other guys. There's other. <laughs> I like it though. I like you trying to feed the words to me. Uh, I don't think that he's a he's a top ten quarterback, and maybe he could be. Sure. It, what what Big Ben gets you is yardage. You you always have the health concerns with Big Ben, and he's only been over. Uh, 30 30 touchdown passes twice in his entire career. I know that the, the offense for Pittsburgh has really started to ascend since they added Todd Haley, and they've really they fully adapted the Todd Haley offense. Uh, but I just I don't see the reason why people buy into Big Ben as this top five guy, and they think well you have um, we had an article go up on on our site the just the other day talking about the consistency of Drew Brees of the guy every single year is throwing over 4,000 yards and over 30 touchdowns. I mean, that Big Ben wishes he could do that. He just, that's never been who he has been. Go look back at the entire career of Big Ben, and he's just, he's never been that top-tier fantasy quarterback. I mean, he's a great real-life quarterback. I'd love him to be the quarterback on my team, but just for fantasy purposes, there it's it's weird to have such a high-powered offense uh, but a quarterback who just doesn't throw in the upper echelon of of touchdowns, he'll give you the yardage. Plus, you—I mean—you have Le'Veon Bell. You have you have such a great ground game, and not just not just Bell. I mean, the, the whole offensive scheme is so conducive to to successful running back play. You saw Old Man D'Angelo Williams <laughs> come in and, and just dominate the league because their their scheme is so great for running backs, and and so it's. It's kind of the opposite situation that than uh, that the Jaguars had last year, where they couldn't get a rushing touchdown to save the the team. Where the Steelers, they can punch him in with with ease. So that's why I'm just a little bit lower on Big Ben, especially considering the draft uh, the draft price that you have to pay for Big Ben. It's uh, to me is outrageous.
1: Right. I mean, I <laughs> I agree pretty much word for word what you're saying. He's not going to suck. If he's the 11th ranked quarterback, that's still going to be a good season with the depth at quarterback. I just would much rather have a lot of these other guys that are going behind him, and I I don't get it when it comes to him. So now let's move over to a running back that you got high, um, and that's Ryan Matthews. You've got him 12th, depending on the format uh, standard, I believe you have him 13th. That's a hot take. Uh, Tell us why you love Ryan Matthews for 2016.
4: Sure. So Ryan Matthews is I think people are forgetting just how great of a talent that that Ryan Matthews is and has been I, like when you think of Ryan Matthews, what's kind of the first thing you think of? You go, oh, well, he's injury prone. And look, that's fair. I mean, like I, I get it that he has not been the most uh, durable running back over the course of his career. He's only played a full 16 games. Once I look, I, I totally get that. But here's the thing about running backs: is all of them can be injured at any at any moment. We've seen uh, Jamal Charles lose two seasons to ACL. We've seen Arian Foster frequently go down. That I, I get that. I get that argument. But when he is on the field, he is a beast, right? I mean, he over over five yards a carry last year in a system where Demarco Murray had just games game stretches multiple game stretches where he would poop his his fantasy pants meanwhile you have ryan matthews uh just not getting used as much and just absolutely crushing it you had a, he had a year uh a couple years ago that ken wisenhunt gear i was talking about with the chargers 285 carries over 1200 yards and six touchdowns and and he's also a a monster in the passing game in, in 2011, 50 receptions. I mean, that's great. Those are the kind of numbers that you want to see from a guy who is now going to be thrust into a situation where he is the man. Uh, look, I, Darren Sproles, I get it. He's he's a he's a weapon in the passing game, uh, but the 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 fantasy community, I would say, and, and maybe it's just dynasty people and redraft people haven't really caught on to this, but they they love Wendell Smallwood, and I don't get it. I've right. watched lots of tape on Wendell Smallwood. I I don't get it. He's fine. He's a capable running back, but I think Ryan Matthews is a special talent. And now you have Doug Peterson's taken over as the head coach. He's from. He's been groomed from the Andy Reid tree. And if you look back the last three years of Andy Reid, what has what have the Kansas City Chiefs been great at? That's running, running the, the ball. ball. It yep. doesn't matter who's running the ball for them. Like you could say, oh Jamal Charles. Yeah. Well, how do you explain? Undrafted Kendrick West dominating. How do you explain fullback Spencer Ware dominating? Like that scheme that I was talking about with Pittsburgh. Andy Reid has a scheme that is is spectacular for running the ball. And you combine, you got the talent in Ronnie Matthews. You have the scheme coming in from Doug Peterson. And you have the opportunity that Ryan Matthews is by far the best running back on the team. He's going to get the touches. I just... I don't see a scenario where they go where Ryan Matthews is touching the ball as far as like, let's say a snap percentage. I think he'll be at least 60% of the running back snaps. And that will equal into running back one production until he, you know, until his glass bones destroy all of my dreams. But until that moment, I'm going to ride the Ryan Matthews fantasy train. It's going to be glorious. Okay.
1: So you, you touched on the injuries, right? And I think that's probably my biggest concern but I have another concern that is basically the Philadelphia Eagles' offense, and that they probably won't be a very good team. Do you have any concern that they might be trailing? They might abandon
4: the run, anything like that? Even to me, even if they are trailing, it, that doesn't matter. Like I talked about, we we've seen that Ryan Matthews is more than capable of uh, in the receiving game. He had twenty receptions last year. He's had a year with fifty receptions. I just when in and knowing. I'm basing this off of what Andy Reid likes to do, or what he has what he has shown he likes to do, and your your team is better if you have a running back who, when he's on the field, the the defense doesn't know what you're gonna do. It, it's like the look back at um, at the Saints before Mark Ingram became this pass catching sensation this year. You go back, you know, two years ago when Ingram's on the field, the defense can just key in. You're like, oh, they're gonna run the ball. And then as soon as Ingram's off, oh, they're going to pass the ball. And I know they, that the Saints still had success doing that, but I feel like an NFL head coach is going to want to get any, any advantage that they can get, and you lose that advantage of the, the mystery of the run or the pass and being able to execute a monster play action if you keep switching out and you have this pass-only guy. So just to me, Ryan Matthews will be on the field, even if they are trailing and if they're trailing great, you know, give Ryan Matthews eight targets in, in a game and let him uh, let him get you that, that those bursts, two minute drill type of, uh, of yardage and just and creep up in the fantasy points. So I just it's, to me, it's it's injuries or bust for Ryan Matthews.
1: Okay, there, there's hey, a couple. Mike, do you have anybody
0: that go you're ahead. targeting in, in most of your leagues that you would you wouldn't even mind reaching for
4: a little bit just because you like them that much? Sure, uh, Ryan Matthews is one of those guys, but I I, I think I've exhausted. <laughs> Ryan <Matthews>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all sold on Ryan Matthews yeah. right now. All right. <laughs> so let me tell you guys about why Ryan Matthews is great. I, I think I got go five <laughs> more minutes of material. <laughs> So, um, guy, <laughs> here's 15 more stats wide. so
1: ryan matthews
4: <laughs> a guy i love this year um i loved him last year too but the, the team kind of derailed my dreams and that's dante moncrief uh the guy's an absolute metric freak um from time to time i i've i can buy in to the these guys who are just super athletes and then they turn into you know great wide receivers dante moncrief i think is following that career path where you look at him. He's, he's a big guy. So he's part of big receiver. He's incredibly fast. Uh, his, like I said, his metrics are, are absolutely in the top percentile. And then, well, that's kind of how they used him in the past for, for the Colts. They say, okay, every once in a while we'll bring Moncrief in, you know, run a nine route and we'll try and bomb it out to you. Last year, they, they turned him into more of a possess, uh, possession player where he's getting really involved in the passing game. And I think that his talent will be able to excel in, in, that, uh, in that circumstance. Now, we all know that the Colts, everything fell apart. Andrew Luck was terrible. Andrew Luck got hurt. And, and so, like, everything got derailed. But if you look at Moncrief, look at how he started the season. He scored uh, – I don't have the numbers in front of me. I believe he scored in at least five of his first seven games, and he was – he was great he was a huge part of what they were doing uh I don't buy into the narrative that Andrew Luck is kind of is the next coming of he's the next John Elway and so but I think he's a good quarterback I think he is an above average quarterback you give me an above average quarterback a team that wants to throw the ball and Dante Moncrief is going to be a huge part of of what that is I think he will be you know uh, pretty close to the numbers that Ty is going to put up. I think Hilton will be better in the long run, but I think that Moncrief will be right up there with him. And, and so that's he's a guy who's going at the back of the sixth. I don't mind taking him in the fifth round. Yeah, uh, that's so that's considered to be like a two round reach. That doesn't bother me at all when I'm looking at the guys who are in the fifth round. You know, you're you've got this mystery. So uh, of of guys of. Matt Jones, JHIE, JJ, which JHIE's value is going to tank now. Hill, Michael Floyd. I, I love Floyd, but he's, there's this mystery here. So to me, I don't mind reaching for Moncrief there in the fifth round.
0: Yeah, it looks like T.Y. Hilton's coming off the board as the 17th wide receiver and Moncrief at number 33. You know, I agree with you. I think that Moncrief would be a better value in the middle rounds as opposed to kind of reaching for Hilton in the beginning. So
4: yeah, and and people, what, what's strange is you know like. I feel like the public they're still in on Andrew Luck. Someone's gotta catch the ball for him. I mean, he Kobe Fleener is gone. Uh they nobody seems to like Philip Dorset and that they're gonna be running three wide receiver sets is what I think their offense is gonna look like. But and, and T. Y. Hilton, you think, Oh, that guy's just a deep threat. Well, who's gonna get the ball then? You know, like it's gonna be Moncrief. So that that's my guy. That I love him this year in the middle rounds.
1: Hey, Philip Dorset's mom is mad that you made that comment right
4: <laughs> I, I said everybody else i didn't say me you know i think i think there's still hope there for Dorset. it look if ty or moncrief went down philip Dorset is going to be a a league changing waiver wire pickup
1: yeah he's basically hilton light in my eyes so i think he would he would greatly benefit if anything happened to hilton all right so thinking of Mont- Dante Moncrief in fantasy footballers tradition, if you had to compare him, that player to food, what would he be?
4: <laughs> oh man. Moncrief. What would, Oh man. Let's see. So he's big. He's fast. Oh uh, man. I, all, all I can see right now is like a big stock of celery, but because that's kind of <laughs> like the, physique that Moncrief has, but I hate celery. Uh so I'll we'll go. Uh, so we'll go with a slider, I guess. Okay. The slider is the the slider. I'll go with you know. It's kind of it's it's underrated. You think a slider is just it's an appetizer, but little do you know that that appetizer can turn into your main course. It can evolve. In it's gone from it's been upgraded. You know it is no longer just the appetizer. It's the meal, and that's what Moncrief can do when he breaks out. He's gone from your. Middle round nothingness too. Oh, look! I have a I have a stud wide receiver too on my team.
1: Yeah, I was confused there for a second because you said celery and I was like, wait, don't draft them. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: all right, Mike. Uh, final question here. This is a little lighter. Uh, what What would you say? And it has nothing to do with fantasy football. but what would you say is the best fighting game of all time? I'm pretty sure I know what your answer is going to be.
4: Oh man, the best fighting game of all time. Someone must have been following my tweets. <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw yesterday <laughs> because I I didn't know Evo was going to be on ESPN 2 I found it in, in people were talking about it in my timeline. I threw it on, and man, I was I was hyped out of my room watching watching the Street Fighter V Grand Finals, and and I watched really that whole block of the finals. It was it was unbelievable. Uh, but the best fighting game. Of all time for me, it's just it's the one that I played the most, and that was Street Fighter Four. I was, man, I was in it. I was living the, the fight game community the lifestyle, going to going to people's houses, random strangers' houses, doing these local tournaments. Uh, I competed in Evo uh, two thousand and ten. I, I was one match away from getting out of the pools, but I I choked. So that was my you know like my, my shining moment for fighting games. But I was uh, I was a dominant Blanca. I, w- I still will stand by my Street Fighter Four Blanca skills. If you see me and there's a Street Fighter Four and we need to, th- to throw down, that will happen, and you will lose. Uh, nice. But so that's. Uh, uh, but I mean, yeah, I'll just go with four. That was because I played it the most. But if if it's not Street Fighter Four, then uh, then I got to go with Super War. Street
0: Fighter Two. Come on.
4: <laughs> Look, I played a lot of two as well, all the iterations. But I'm gonna go with um uh mortal kombat 2 oh that there one we go i was, go. I was like arcade. no
1: mortal kombat i was i was a little offended yeah actually. i was there
4: every day at the i was at the mall at the arcade every day after school because like the mall was like you jumped my backyard fence and you were at the mall so it was it was awesome we had this local arcade called pocket change and me and my buddies were there every single day after school it was great
0: yeah arcade cabinet street fighter 2 man that it doesn't get a, it doesn't get a lot better than that and unfortunately in, in my area we don't we don't have those here so
4: yeah yeah, yeah the, the arcade is a dying breed which is really unfortunate because that was i mean like just some really really great times with buddies going down to the arcade
1: yeah all right mike well to wrap things up we where can, uh where can our listeners find you where can they get some of your
4: guys content let them know yeah absolutely go to uh the fantasyfootballers.com uh, that's where you'll find, you know, like the rankings, you'll find our draft kits um, as well as the, the all the pods and everything. But if you wherever your podcasts, you find them, you just just search for us and, and we will be there. Like I said, and we will be five times a week in August when the insanity starts. We're at three times a week right now. But so, it, you know, give it a chance. We uh, we love we're, we're a redraft fantasy football show with some, we would talk keepers and a little bit of dynasty. Uh, but we're also all about keeping your league fun because the, I think what can get lost inside of fantasy football these days, you know, the behind all the money and everything it, it, and the, and the metrics and the numbers people forget you, we're have we're playing a stupid game <laughs> that is supposed to be fun. So w- we like to emphasize, you know, ways to make your league fun and, and just enjoying the overall experience. Even if you lose just still enjoy the game and enjoy football. So check us out, the fantasy footballers.
1: Awesome, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate having you on, uh, and have a
4: good night, man. Hey, I appreciate it guys. Thank you.
1: Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks. All right. Well, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this episode of eat, sleep fantasy. Make sure to head on over to iTunes and give us a review. Um, and also, we want to go ahead and just quickly thank uh, Surge. You can visit, if you like our theme music, justsurge.com. That's just-s-e-r-g-e.com. Uh, we want to thank him for, for the music that he provides for us. And thank you again to Mike Wright for being on our show. We really appreciate it and, and love talking to you. Go ahead.
3: And also, we are a 899 followers on Twitter. We have been at 899 for like two hours now. And I'm watching it, waiting for it to, to count over to 900. Um, so don't forget to follow us on Twitter, iTunes,
2: Stitcher, Google Play, Hulu, whatever you can find us on.
1: Hulu <laughs> Chat.
2: Wh- whoever's our 1,000th thousand, follower will give them a special prize. $1,000. Yeah, $1,000. No, please
1: don't say that. Monopoly
0: money.
3: No, I will. There you go. We, all four of us, will pitch in $250 each and give the 1,000th follower $1,000. We will new not. New promotion. So I am not, not do that. I'm a marketing genius, guys. I know this will, we will work.
1: not do that. No. Like, People are just gonna wait. Yeah, to be the yeah. Because we'll battle. be
3: stuck
0: at 999 <laughs> for a while. <coughs> if if the same person who is the one, never no, mind, it's not gonna work.
3: Yeah. So if you follow us and unfollow us,
2: and then you're our 1,000 follower, bam, thousand bucks, easy. And you, and you had to follow us for a thousand days after that. Then you get your money. Okay, I can do a thousand days. <laughs> All right, guys.
1: Thanks we don't for even listening. have a show in a thousand days.
0: Buenas noches. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or account of this podcast without the express consent of each Fantasy is prohibited. $1,000 offer not valid to U.S. citizens, podcast listeners, or anyone else on Earth. Mm, my zone, no lie. And we like to play till the sun go down. Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down. And we take that down. And we take that down.
3: Yeah, I mean, you you have very valid points. Um, I I don't know. <laughs> That's not good.
1: No,
0: I, I I don't I don't I don't really see that. I just wanted to see
4: what your reaction. Was. <laughs> oh,
1: he said it. Hey, can you clip that and put it at the beginning of the episode before the sound drops? You guys are assholes.
2: I don't know. Forget it. Forget I said anything.
1: Dude, I'm not kidding. I need a fucking pause.
0: Alright he left Yeah the fucking sun is setting Can we get this going
4: I might as, well as fucking up something